What is it about their culture and their company that makes people want to work there to begin with? Really understanding this is going to help you put a robust application in place where you're going to start speaking their language. Hey, my name is Ariana, and as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi-passionate professional, I currently spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full-time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life curveballs and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes and maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Experience. This is episode number four. I can't believe that you have made it to episode number four. Woohoo! This is so exciting. I'm Eriana, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about the best tips on how to break into tech. This is one of the hottest topics on my LinkedIn, on my TikTok, and sometimes on my Instagram, believe it or not. And if you don't follow me there, make sure to do so. The Side Hustle Experience on all of my handles, except LinkedIn, of course, because you cannot have a handle on LinkedIn, unfortunately, but you can add me as Eliana Rosen. And the reason why I wanted to chat about this particular topic is one, because obviously it's one of the hottest topics that are talked about on my social media, but I get asked all the time, Eliana, how did you break into tech? You didn't have experience. And I'm interested in doing the same. And so I wanted to chat with you all about the tips and tricks that I did in my career in order for me to land a job in tech, specifically in one of the hottest, hottest job markets that there's ever been (laughs) after the pandemic. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the episode. These past 18 months have been pivotal for many, and a lot of people have realized that they needed a change in their careers, right? We all can agree to that, that there's just been so much change when it comes to your jobs, your industries. Some people have opened up businesses. I know that there's that hot topic going around about their great resignation. Although I was not a part of it, I unfortunately was not at my job for the majority of 2020. And although if I would have been at the same job I was before the pandemic hit, I probably would have been a part of that great resignation as that was one of the worst jobs I've ever had. But that's a topic for another day. And I just have noticed a pattern when it comes to the pivots and the changes that people have done recently. And that have been, a lot of people have been interested in getting into tech. That's one, higher education or healthcare. The reason for that is because during the pandemic, we observed which industries tend to be a little bit more bulletproof when it comes to the economy with what's going on in the world. And if you think about it, higher education, people still have to go to school. They still have to get educated. Technology is just a no-brainer because to do everything else in life, you need technology, specifically for a situation like the one that we were just in, where a lot of people had to go into working from home and they were relying on a lot of technology in order to do their jobs. And then we have healthcare, obviously, because people don't stop getting sick, right? So if you think about those things logically, they make a lot of sense. And within tech, there's just been this boom of people being interested in tech roles. But I have a non-tech role. I do recruiting for a fan company. So that is considered to be a non-tech role, which means that I'm not a software engineer. I am not a coder. I do nothing 
regards to tech. And there's a lot of information out there about how you can get into tech, but for people who are in technical roles, I didn't see a lot of information about people who don't have a technical background like I do and who want to go into the business side of things within the tech industry, which is, I think, why there's just so much mystery around it because there's really not a lot of information out there. So I wanted to kind of put a gap between that and just tell you all the goodies that I have with my experience while I was trying to get a job in tech with a non-technical background. So, you know, as I mentioned, although a lot of these companies, whether they were tech or not, still went through some changes, some reorganizations, some layoffs, not as detrimental as other companies that were not in tech or healthcare or higher education. And so a lot of those other industries were just devastated with the economic downturn, with all their uncertainty, with all the death, with all the social unrest. There was just a lot going on in 2020. And so Unfortunately, a lot of companies were not able to survive that. And so if you think about it, tech is also another natural way or path for people to go into because naturally the tech industry has to evolve and has to change and pivot pretty quickly considering that technology advances so fast. They are the companies to be in if you're in the middle of something that's happening or things are changing really quickly because the tech companies, people working at the tech companies are going to be the best people to do so. And that's just makes logical sense, right? And so something else I wanted to mention too is that, you know, tech was a huge part of the reasons why some companies didn't go under. Because if you think about it, if there wasn't technology, if there wasn't things like Zoom or Salesforce or Google or Apple or Microsoft, all of those other companies that were able to kind of pitch in and evolve with what was being asked of society, what was being asked of people working, I don't know what would have happened to a lot of companies. And so it makes you just wonder and realize the power that all these companies have and the role that they play in society and how they help not only society in general, but, you know, the economy, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah, they are for profit. And I know there's a lot of people that say that, you know, these big companies are evil and they have no morals and whatever else. But I, in my opinion, believe that the good that they do and the services that they offer and just the access that they give everybody to their products and services are ways the bad things, if there are any. Those were some of the reasons why I think people kind of pivoted into wanting to go into tech in the first place. First of all, because tech, again, was a big part of the reasons why some companies didn't go under. Being able to provide options to work from home in order for people to keep their jobs, that was huge. That was big. And then being able to just kind of pitch in and even help the government in this case, because I know that some of these big companies actually pitched in and put in work and time for their own employment processes that were just a hot mess when everything went down. They were able to pitch in and put in place, you know, call centers and fix bugs in the back end for the website so that people could go in and put in their claims and get their own employment. Although with the caveat, I was part of those people and it was a nightmare, a nightmare to get unemployment in New Jersey. Huge nightmare. Thank God I no longer have to go through that, but Last time I filed was still a hot mess. Even eight months, nine months, 10 months, 11 months into the pandemic, it was still just not being figured out. I know that at the end, it actually took me three months of filing every single day. I was three months unemployed with no money coming in at all, even though I was filing for unemployment. At the third month is when one of these big companies actually came in and landed some of their servers so that they could have, because there was just so much traffic going into these servers for the government that they just don't have the bandwidth to do something like that because it was an unprecedented time. And so it requires unprecedented measures. And these companies, you know, these big 
conglomerate companies are the only ones that have one, the ability, the resources, the manpower, and the knowledge to do things like this. And one of the things that were apparent to all of us is that the tech industry is probably going to be one of the most bulletproof industries for time to come, right? Because technology is something that now we just cannot live without. We cannot do our work without it. It's been 20 years in the making now, and it's just going to get better and more sophisticated and all of those other good stuff. So people just want to be a part of that. People just want to be a part of that cultural change of going into the tech industry. But with that being said, the tech industry tends to be one of the hardest industries to break into if you don't have experience. But we have fixes for that, which is why I decided to make this episode. So let's just get into the juicy pieces. So I actually have wanted to break into tech for a while, even before the pandemic. I just knew that tech was something that I wanted to be in for many reasons, but I'll break into into more of that in a little bit. But the timing was just never right. I just never really found the right role or if I applied, I never heard back. I didn't really have a lot of connections back then. And I was just doing things backwards where I would just apply for a job and then try to get the connection as opposed to doing it the other way around. So for someone like me who had no experience, had a non-traditional background and no technical abilities whatsoever, (laughs) I was still able to make it through. And I'm here to tell you that it is absolutely possible. There are certain things that you have to kind of keep in mind and start laying the groundwork so that you can be successful. Here are some of the best tips that I can think of. High level overview of the things that I did when I was trying to break into tech two plus years ago. The first thing that I noticed is that you need to know why you want to go in that direction. Because in general, yes, it's great to go into tech because they pay really well, it's bulletproof for the economy and all these other stuff and working for a recognized company, yada, yada, yada. But you have to know what direction you're going into because you should be able to decide, okay, am I getting into marketing? Am I getting into human resources? Am I getting into the tech area itself? Project management, you name it. Sales, there's a lot. The reason for that is because if specifically if you don't have experience, you're going to have to tailor a lot of your documents very, very carefully because the recruiting process in these companies is extremely robust, extremely. And recruiters are trained to decipher resumes, but there's just so many candidates, so many qualified people applying that obviously, you know, what makes the most sense is, first of all, evaluating people who already have experience, right? So really being able to understand what direction you want to go into, because having clear goal helps you narrow down opportunities. That's where I want to get at. It helps you narrow down opportunities, because if you really don't know where you want to go, you're just going to continue to just send your resume and your application into a black hole where nobody's going to get back to you because they don't know what you want. They don't know what it is that you're applying to. And if you don't know yourself, they're not going to know either. And again, applying to something and knowing where you want to go doesn't mean that that's what you're going to do for the next five years or 10 years or 20 years, right? You can change your mind tomorrow. But what I'm saying is that you have to have some clear goals around, okay, this is the department that I want to apply to, or this is the area or the type of role that I want to go into. Because remember, you have to tailor your resume. That's exactly what happened to me. When I was applying for the role that I have right now, I stripped my resume naked completely. I deleted everything in the page and I started from scratch. And I had side-by-side in my monitor, the job description that I wanted and the blank page. And I started writing the resume with the job description in mind, lined by line. Every single word in my resume when I applied was intentional because I had one job in mind. 
And yes, you shouldn't put all of your eggs in one basket and you shouldn't concentrate just having one job. But that's just an example that I want to give you. The next thing that I want to say is that you have to understand how the industry works or the company itself, because tech in general is a big topic. But if you know how that company that you want to get into works, you have a leg up. And what that means is how do they make money? What issues are they solving for society and for their users? What is it that makes them stand out? What is it about their culture and their company that makes people want to work there to begin with? Really understanding this is going to help you put a robust application in place where you're going to start speaking their language. The next thing I wanted to say also is to keep on top of the trends and any changes that might be going on because that's what recruiters do, right? I'll give you an example. Right now, Zillow is going through this crazy layoff period where it's just ham for all the recruiters looking for technical people because, you know, Zillow is an internet-based company. So the same way that we recruiters are looking at trends in the news to try to see opportunities for us, it's the same exact thing for you as a job seeker. All right, let me just recap those three points. First is know why you want to go in that direction, exactly why you want to get into tech or in that company in particular. Having clear goals helps you narrow down your opportunities. The second thing I mentioned was understanding how the industry works by just knowing how they make money, what issues that they solve, you know, what is it exactly that makes people want to work there. And then the third thing is keeping on top of the trends and changes, keeping up with the news, right? What's going on and where that company is going into. Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals, and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. All right, now let's jump into the juicy stuff, the more tactical things that I'm probably sure you're biting your nails. Again, and I just get to the point. I want to know where the points are. I want to know exactly what you did. So here it is. The number one thing that I put on my list here is be aware and honest of what you are missing compared to others in the industry. So for me, I didn't have experience, right? So I knew that I wanted to get into the recruiting area for this tech company specifically. So I would go on LinkedIn and I would research every single person I could that wasn't recruiting at that company. I saw their progression. I saw how they got promoted, how they went from one industry to the next, or where were they coming from? How did they get there? I was analyzing all of that data because let's say that if I saw a pattern where all of these people, although they didn't have experience in the industry, got into this company and they all have this specific certification, then that's an eye-opening for me. Maybe I need that certification. Maybe I go get it. But that's just an example to give you that it's important for you to be honest and understand what it is that you are missing as an employee or a good candidate to be selected. That's number one. Number two, and I know that this might sound dull, and of course we do this, but a lot of people don't do it, believe it or not. I have yet, after two years of doing career coaching, only one of my clients really just knocked it out of the park on this area. And I have to say, I admire her so much. And she's a lot younger. She's brand new to the search. She's brand new to the corporate world. And she's just such an amazing researcher. And that's point number two. Research the company and how they hire. You would not believe how much information there is out there that these companies actually put there for you so that you are aware of how they hire, what's the process, what are the do's and don'ts. They give you a booklet. They give you a guide and a step-by-step on how to do this. So there's no excuse for you not to know how they hire. You can do this by doing a quick and simple Google search about that company and accompany it by the words how they hire. 
You might come across official documents from the company. You might come across other people who have interviewed there and that can give you great insights or something like this, right? Like these podcasts can give you great insight as well. Point number three, create job posting alerts so that you can be an early applicant. Specifically for these companies who are so recognizable, the big five, right? Everybody wants to work for them. Everybody and their mother, which is understandably, you know, these are big companies, recognized, awesome culture, amazing tenured, awesome benefits. I mean, the list can go on and on, but this is your opportunity to stand out because you can be just as qualified as that thousandth applicant in one application. I mean, these companies get millions of people a year applying for jobs. They can't unfortunately hire every single person that comes through. So naturally, if you don't have experience, if you have a non-traditional background, if you are switching careers or switching industries, it's in your best interest that you're one of the very few first applicants because As recruiters, we are eager to see the first few people that come through to see. And what that means is that if you see somebody who's really not qualified, but is one of the first few applicants, you're more inclined into looking at their profile. You're more inclined into wanting to speak with them because you just want to get the ball rolling into seeing candidates. All you want is that interview because although you might not look perfect on paper, you're able to sell yourself on the interview. So that's the hard part, right? Getting the interview process. But once you get that interview, it's really up to you to sell yourself and to make sure that they understand that you are the right candidate for XYZ reasons. What I jotted down was, you know, often when you are one of the early applicants, this often helps career changes be the first ones to be reviewed and often increases your chances of being interviewed. So the way that you can do this is if you're on LinkedIn, there are options to turn alert on so that I can send you emails every time that a job that matches your criteria is posted. Same goes with certain companies. I know that they're, you know, the big fives, they do have that option too. If you go on there, you put in the filters of the things that you would want. And then if you don't see anything at that moment that really kind of catches your eye or interests you, you can turn on job alerts. And every time that they post something new, you can be notified and you can jump back into the internet and apply as soon as you can. All right. So those are the first three tips. The fourth tip that I have for you is that you have got to tailor your resume. There's no working around this. And I know that a lot of people frown upon this, but this is one of my best tips. And that's exactly what I did. I mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast. I stripped my resume completely. I started off scratch with a white page and that was not easy. <laughs> it took me six, almost eight hours to write it because I was trying to be very intentional. But that is the difference between somebody who just wants to get the application out of the way and somebody who wants to get hired. You have to tell your resume to what it is that that job wants. If that job is talking about percentages and data and numbers, achievements, results, guess what? If you were to send a resume that just lists all of your responsibilities and tasks, like a laundry list or a grocery list, mm -mm, mm -mm, they're not even going to look at it. Because in reality, we don't know you. As recruiters, we have no idea who you are. We have no idea what you're capable of. We have no idea what you've achieved. The only way for us to gauge that and to have an understanding or a slight idea of what it is that you do is by you providing us with your achievements. Because if you say responsible for receiving customers, yeah, so what? What does that mean? I want to know how many customers. I want to know how many a day, how many a week, how many a month. What was the impact of you receiving these customers? Were you helping closing sales because of your welcoming entrance or how friendly you were? Or don't get me wrong. A lot of people actually decide whether they want to buy from a company or not, depending on how they're treated. Customer service, right? So you want to make sure that you are really just honing down on this because trust me, 
if you are getting interviews, you're probably good on the resume end, but a lot of people don't get interviews. And sometimes it's just that. It's just that one piece that's missing is the resume not being tailored. The fifth tip I have, and probably one of the most important ones, is to stay connected. These companies are big and they really value referrals. Because if they have somebody who's already in the company killing it, doing well, they know that that person is going to refer somebody whom they trust who potentially might be just as such as a good worker as they are. So they want to give priority to people who are referred. It does not mean that they're going to give you an interview. It does not mean that you're going to get the job. But it means that you have higher chances. You increase your chances of being reviewed. Don't get that twisted. I'm not saying that you should get a referral because it guarantees you a job or an interview or whatsoever. But what it does is that it increases your chances of potentially getting reviewed. That's what that means. Tip number six, do not be afraid to start in a less recognizable company. This might rub people the wrong way. There is just so many amazing internet-based companies. There's so many awesome tech companies out there who pay just about the same amount of money that these big five companies do. They just don't get the recognition that other companies do because these companies have been around for a half minute now. These other companies have emerged and come through in the past 10 years, I'd say, where they haven't really gotten the traction or the recognition, but they are doing important things too. So I recommend you just do a Google search of, you know, top 10 tech startups or top 50 tech startups. It is going to be considered a startup if they're five years or less in the business. You're going to do this. You're not going to be afraid of starting with less recognizable companies. And then once you go to Google and look up these companies, have a list of at least 10 companies that you would like to work for that are not in the big names. Because again, these big companies are so recognized that everybody wants to work for them. And therefore, the competition is just too much. It's too fierce. And so once you're in the game, meaning in a smaller company, the chances of you getting into a bigger company are a lot higher because now you have industry experience. All right. Tip number seven is to prepare. You have got to prepare for whatever outcome, rejection or interviews. Start early because sometimes when they get you in the door, they start pretty quickly. They start putting you on the calendar relatively quickly. So you want to be ready. And what I recommend for this is try to hire some help. Try to hire a coach who knows this industry, not a general coach, but somebody who actually has been doing this for a few And I don't put myself in that category because I just started doing tech. So I don't even coach people on tech because I don't consider myself to be an expert in that area yet. So I would recommend you just reach out to somebody who coaches specifically people who want to get into tech. And that can just skyrocket your success or put you ahead of the list because they know. They know the process. They know things that you should be doing. But this podcast, it's it's a really good, great start (laughs) if you ask me. All right. Tip number eight is to detach from the result. And I know that this is going to be really hard because I was there not too long ago and it was hard to detach from the result. But if you don't, you're just going to be miserable because it is going to take a little bit for you to get some traction, especially if you don't have experience. I am talking to my people who don't have experience or are interested in getting into tech with a non-technical background. So that is a lot of ifs. So you have got to detach yourself from the results. I was trying to get into this company that I'm in now, my dream company, for a year and a half. And I'm not saying that that's going to take you that long. I'm not saying that at all. It could take you one try, right? It took me four tries. My fourth attempt is when I got in. So you have got to detach yourself from the results. You know, the first three times I was so desperate and just really not looking through 
specifics of things. I was just being a generalist. Again, just sending the same old resume, not even looking at it, not even making any changes or anything like that. And then I took nine months off of applying. Nine months. And then I said, I have to be doing something wrong. I mean, I teach people how to do this. How can I not do it for myself? I then just took the gloves off and realized, Ariana, you're just doing exactly the opposite that you tell your clients to do, which is tailor your search, be specific, be targeted. That's what I did. I researched every single thing you can imagine. I read way too many articles. I watched way too many YouTube videos, but I did it because I detached myself from the result. I said, you know what? This is going to be my first time, probably the last one I'll attempt, but I have to do it the right way. I have to put my name on this application and feel proud of it and say, you know what? If I didn't get in, maybe I was just not caught out for it, but at least I put in the effort. The last three times that I did it, I was not sure if I would have hired myself because it was just a hard, fast work. It was hard, fasted. It was desperate because I was in a state of desperation where I had been unemployed for a little bit and I just wanted to get back to work. And I just had that mindset of scarcity and wanted to detach myself from the results. So you know what? Right now I have a job. I had already got another job. So if I get in, I get in. And if I don't, then I don't. But at least I'm proud that I did it and that I did it well. That is detaching yourself from the results. Tip number nine, know that it's going to take a few tries. And that just goes hand in hand with what I was just talking about. It took me four tries for me to get noticed. I've heard of people who have tried way more than that. And I've heard of people who have tried once and have gotten in. So again, just be prepared for the worst. And if it happens right away, then awesome. At least you were prepared for the worst. Tip number 10, keep in touch with contacts. Again, I was mentioning how one of my mistakes was to apply for a job and then network. When in reality, you should network first and then apply if possible. Which means is that you need to start making these relationships with people in the industry that you're interested in getting into by having genuine conversations. And then casually, if the conversation comes up where, you know, if you need help with your resume or you need a referral, at least you already have that conversation and that relationship established because it's the awkwardest thing to have to go to somebody whom you never talked to before, just pitching them, say, hey, hey. I need some help with my resume or, hey, can you put a referral for me? The chances of that happening are going to be very slim. I'm telling you, I've gotten people asking me, hey, can you refer me? I'm like, "Mm, you know, referring people is very, it's not gatekeeping or anything. It's just very delicate because one, it is your reputation on the line. If you don't know that person, if you don't know them intimately, if you don't know, if you have never worked with them, it's just hard to put your name out there when you really don't know who this person is. Okay. Tip number 11, be aware That interview processes in these tech companies take a while. They're very drawn out processes. They do this on purpose though. So they are very methodical. They're very intentional. And the reason why they do this is because they want to make sure that they have a very fair process in place. I didn't understand that until I started working for one of these companies. Now that I'm in the inside, I can see why we do this this way. It is absolutely fair to do it this way because again, there's just so many folks that want to get in. We want to make sure that we're giving the chance to those who really are meant to be there, but also giving equal access to everybody. And that's why these processes are so long, so drawn out. They have intention and they have a reason to be that way. So just note that that sometimes, you know, when you come into these interview processes and they take six, eight, 12 weeks, just know that if you really want to work for that company, I would wait it out. I was always applying for different companies and having interviews usually pretty close to each other. And so 
I had that bargain in there where, you know, I'm interviewing with other companies. I already received an offer from this one or that one. And that usually would accelerate the process for other companies. But for this specific example, unfortunately, because of the way that things are, they are unable to skip you through the process because then it means that you're getting special treatment. So just note that it's absolutely essential that you let your recruiter know that you have timing pressures so they can take that into consideration in accelerating the process of interviewing you, but not skipping steps. Tip number 12 is to know what you want, even if it's not for the long-term goal, but this really is going to limit the barrier to entry. Know what you want, because sometimes I see people applying for 15 different jobs that have nothing to do with one another for one company. That is just a huge red flag because it makes us think that this person is not, they just want to get in. And then sometimes it makes you think like, is this person going to be in this role for the long run? So it's okay to apply for different roles within the same company, but they have to be related to each other. It is not okay for you to be applying for marketing jobs, for HR jobs, for recruiting jobs, for compensation jobs, for sales jobs, for tech roles. It just does not make sense. And those are the 12 steps, the 12 tips, the 12 things that I did to get into tech. It took over a year and a half of intentional research, tons of connections, a lot, a lot of mindset work and working with coaches to get to where I'm at. It was not easy. It was a long road, but I'm here and I am a testament that it is absolutely possible. And again, I was one of those stories that, oh my God, yeah, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of effort, but I know all other people who didn't really even try and they got in. So it's just about having all of those tips plus a little bit of luck on your side. So again, that does not mean that it's going to take as long for you. It doesn't mean that it might take longer. I mean, I don't know. It just varies person by person. So just being prepared for that is really going to play in your favor. So let's let's go ahead and recap the main points that we talked about today. Those were the exact same steps that I took because I actually wrote them down in my journal <laughs> because it was a really tough time in my life when I was applying for these jobs. And so I was very intentional about just keeping track of my journey and just documented it somehow. So those are the exact same things that I thought about when I was looking for these roles. So let me just recap real quick. The first three things that I mentioned when it comes to the tips, more general mindset things, is that you need to know what direction you want to go into. Having clear goals usually help you narrow down opportunities. Number two, understand how the industry works. You know, how do they make money? What is the issue that they're solving? Why do people decide to stay at those companies? And then keep on top of trends and changes. So just be aware of the news and what's going on. Those are the main three things that were not as tactical and strategic, right? So then the 12 things that I did was one, be aware and honest about what it is that you're missing compared to other people in the industry. Do your research about the company and how they hire. That's very important. Those are the main two things. The third thing was create job alerts to be an early applicant, because this is often going to help you specifically if you're a career changer, people who don't have a traditional background, it's potentially going to help you increase your chances on being reviewed if you're one of the early applicants. Number four, Tailor your resume the way that the tech company wants you to. They want to see data. They want to see numbers. They want to see achievements and results. Number five, stay connected because this is how you potentially can get referrals to get into these companies. Number six, don't be afraid to start in a less recognizable company. This is one of the biggest tips that I have for you. I made the huge mistake of just being so vision tunnel into one company. And that's why I just had so many up and downs in my mental health and everything else. Just make sure that you are learning from my mistakes and just try to be okay with applying for a less recognizable company. Number seven, prepare. You have got to prepare for whether they're going to reject you or whether they're going to invite you for an interview. 
detach from the results. When I detach from those results and I did just didn't take it as personally as I started with, I feel like it just helped me release. And I was able to really connect with the why. And, you know, when you're not desperate, things just come to you a little bit easier because you're not just wasting all that mental energy into, oh my God, I really want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. I need this. I need this. I need this. Number nine, no, but it might take a few tries for you to get in. Number 10 is keep in touch with your contacts. Don't say hello and ghost, you know, (laughs) keep a tracker sheet. And if you're interested, I do have a networking sheet that I created a few months ago. I will be linking it in the show notes. And if you're interested in grabbing that, make sure to do so because it's really good and it really helps you keep in track, especially if you have a lot going on. It just helps you say, hey, I contacted Serena three months ago. Let me see what she's up to now. That tracker is awesome. You should absolutely download it if you want. It's going to be in the show notes. Number 11 is to be aware that tech interviews are very long, sometimes very journal process. Although it is intentional and it is on purpose for providing a fair process for everybody, just know that that's the case so that you don't get frustrated because it's easy to get frustrated when you're going in a long, drawn-out process of interviews. And then number 12 is to know what it is that you want, even if it's not for the long term, because you want to make sure that you're limiting the barrier to entry. Those are the 12 tips that I have for you, exactly what I did to get into tech. I hope that this episode helped you. And if it did, be sure to share. And I would so much appreciate it if you can go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It will mean the world to me and it so helps the show in many other ways that you cannot even imagine. And of course, since you are there, make sure to subscribe because I don't want you to meet any of the next episodes because they're going to be juicy. We are here twice a week with extremely awesome topics presented by either myself or an industry expert. And so I hope to have you as a long-term listener. Thank you so, so much for coming in and have an awesome day. Over and out. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. And if you tag me at Side Hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.